Are there things in life that scare you a little? Uh-huh. But excite you a lot? Let's go! Are you chasing those things? Uh-huh. Or are you letting fear dictate your life? If you're ready to break free from that cage of fear and to live an abundantly happy life, then you're in the right place. I guarantee you, I guarantee you will be happier for seeking what sets your soul on fire. Join Lindsay Hanlon as we explore paths, passions, and purpose that guides us towards our best selves. This is the Winging and Browser Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to Wing It Rise Up. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have a very special guest today, Gary Roberts. He is very inspirational, and I got to meet him through just similar podcasting group. And I wanted to bring him on because I have been talking a lot about exercise on my podcast recently and the importance of it. And so I wanted to have an open and real and raw conversation about the importance of it. And I know that Gary will be um, a perfect addition to that. So welcome, Gary. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I guess the exercise is on everybody's mind. It's the uh, the new year. All the resolutions are coming out. Everybody wants to do something different. And usually fitness and exercise is at the top of the chart. I know. It's kind of funny how I pivoted right into exercise on my podcast, right? As like all these episodes are releasing at the beginning of the year, but I guess it's perfect timing. And you're right. Yeah, this is on everyone's minds and we both know the importance of it. And so um, before we get into all of the things that we love about exercise, would you introduce yourself to our listeners and all the things it is that you do in your world? Sounds like a plan. I'll try to keep this short so I don't bore all your listeners. But basically, I, uh, I've been a, I'm a 16-year veteran firefighter. Uh, I'm not a youngster. I'm a 50 years old. So uh, I've been in fitness since I was 14. I was actually, my brother used to always pick on me, call me like I was fat. So that got me into fitness and I haven't stopped ever since. I've pretty much broken every bone in my body at least once. So I've learned everything from rehab and rebuilding myself from the ground up continuously. So I've done it through fitness, mental toughness and everything else. I've gone from basically, how can I say, pushing yourself in the gym to learning more about recovery. And that led me into the cannabis and psychedelic uh, the realm, which currently I'm actually helping right now firefighters and people on opiates to get off it using uh, cannabis and uh, psychedelics. We are currently in the process of looking at opening a facility out in Costa Rica. That's going to be a medically over supervised facility to actually train people to learn how to use psychedelics as well as treat people with them. So that's the, that's me in a nutshell, basically. But you, as you will go through this conversation, you'll notice that I have a little, I'm pretty straightforward and honest. So hopefully the uh, the new people in the audience who are actually going to try working out for the first time can actually handle it and not just tell me like, you know, this guy's full of crap. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah, I love that. I love everything that it is that you're doing. I think it's amazing. I have been talking a little bit about the podcast on shifting people perspective around exercise a little bit. Um, I feel like everyone kind of tries to get into it a little bit too much, too soon, too fast. They want to see results right away. And I try to shift people's perspective on how much it can do for your mental health. I am a mom of four, you know, young kids. I have a 10-year-old, two seven-year-olds and a three-year-old. And exercise is a non-negotiable for me for many reasons, but so that I'm, you know, pretty sane here at home. I'm also homeschooling them. So they're here all the time. And um, it's very much for me, like my stress relief, my anxiety relief. Um, And I've also been talking about how it's been opening my mind to, you know, my true purpose, how I have my best thoughts while I'm challenging myself and I'm putting myself under pressure. And that's not something I always knew exercise was doing for me. I swim in college. So I have 
um, disciplined to a fault because swimmers <laughs> were always, um, you know, working and um, exercising and we're always at practice. But um, lately, I've noticed how much um, it, how much it just brings me joy. And so I really want people to shift their mindset around exercise. It just it breaks my heart to see so many people just not do it and choose to not do it. I'm like, it's doing a disservice to you to not give yourself that gift. So I know just from recently, I just was on your Instagram and I saw your your post and I was like, wow, yeah, like this is going to be epic. So I know that all of what I just said resonated with you. I could see your head shaking. So is there anything you want to add to that? No, it, it it's true. It First of all, for people who are starting out or even people who are doing it, who fell off the wagon and restarting, you know, mm-hmm. be honest with yourselves. It's, it's, it's not easy. You know, everybody goes, oh, it's easy for you. You know, you're, you were an athlete, so it's easy. We like you who are always competitive. We don't make it easy on us. We still have the same days as everybody else. We have the bad days. We have the aches, the pains, especially me coming from a background of breaking almost every bone in my body. I've got two, I'm supposed to have double knee replacement. I'm still doing everything that I'm doing. If I wasn't moving, I'd probably have the knee replacement now, but the doctors say you still got full range of motion. You got no pain. You still got the muscles around your legs. There is no reason for you to have surgery and we don't know why you're here and Basically, they also said, we don't know how you're still standing, but that's, <laughs> it's a, that's another topic completely. But again, people have to realize the gym is not a place. I don't go to the gym to socialize. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing my friends and we talk and everything else. But when it's time to work out, you can get an awesome workout in 10 minutes and leave and it'll still be the great best workout you ever had. The 10 minutes could feel like a four hour workout if you actually do it right. So, so it's, you don't have to be in the gym for two hours, but most people, what they end up doing is they end up socializing more than working out. And so they see this time of their day wasted and they don't think they don't see any results. Like you said, it's not instantaneously. And they're saying, well, I just waste two hours of my day at the gym. I'm not getting anywhere. Well, go there for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You need to have a purpose. You need to have a plan. There's a plan in life. Make the plan. And like you said, for mental health, I lost my daughter to an opiate overdose. If it wasn't for working out and when she, when she died and while she was in a hospital on, you know, on life support, I still worked out during those periods because like you said, it was my, it was a way for me to escape. You know, a lot of people go do other stuff, but that was a way for me to escape. It was a way for me to basically get the aggression out, the anger out, the feelings out. It was, it was my therapy. Right. And that's what exercise and better nutrition will do. And, and if you do it right, you'll start noticing that's how it's going to change your life. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I do th- agree with you about the, you know, you could go and do a 10 minute workout and it would be better than you just going and, you know, you know, being a grump on the treadmill for an hour. Um, I, I didn't, I guess, tell you this, but I ran a CrossFit gym for three years in between my son being one and then my twins arriving. And then after the twins came, I was like, okay, something's got to give. I, you know, went to one of three kids. So I sold the gym, but I always say like, even with swimming, like in college, we would swim, you know, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. Then we would go lift for like an hour, old school lifting, you know, you do your bicep curls, things like that. If I had had just like a 10 minute AMRAP, that was challenging my mindset. You know, that probably would have served me a little bit better than, you know, an hour of, non-intentional lifting, um, just, you know, getting intentional about your movement and what is your purpose, you know, during that workout. I, you know, it's not, like you said, it's not always easy for us. People think that, oh, you love to exercise. So you can just get up at 6am and you just go and do it. And it's, it's not like, no, it's not like that. I have good days and I have bad days and I'm just turned 37 yesterday. So I'm starting to have some aches and pains. Cause I am, I was a swimmer. I'm better in water than I am on the treadmill, but you know, 
I, it's important to me. I know what value it can bring to my life. I know how important it is for me as a, a wife, a mother, a friend, all the things I'm doing. It gives me energy. So I'm trying to get people to understand that like, it's not a punishment. It's not an energy drainer. It's actually going to add value to your life and just why it's important. And like I said, I feel like I land on like a lot of my best thoughts. Like this is what I'm going to pivot into next in life. And this is, it gives me opportunity. It opens my mind. It clears my mind. You know, it just gives me the space for me to figure out the things that it is I want to do. And so, you know, it's just, I really feel like it needs to be like a mindset pivot for people because I feel like they make exercise a punishment. And, and when you do that, I mean, like who's going to want to go do that? You just lost everybody when you said CrossFit. They all turned out. They're like, oh, you're one of those. (laughs) No. Hey, I work out at home now. I am a, I am a self-motivated person. I used to go to the gym, but then COVID happened and we had the Peloton bike and tread. So I, I sometimes do those classes and boot camps. And then I sometimes just, I, sometimes I just put on Christian music and I just run on the treadmill and it's like my worship time. It's, I'm so grateful for this body that's able to move and it's, it's always different for me, but it's what I'm feeling, you know? It doesn't always have to be my world's greatest workout. Right, <laughs> but, exactly. You know, but I know that it's going to add value to my day and to my family's life if mom goes and gives her, her you know, her space and her time. So, exactly. yeah. That's what, a lot, that's what a lot of people don't get. But, and again, the thing... I was a competitive CrossFitter. In other words, I did, I spent 10 years competing in CrossFit. I was in, I was the last, till I got injured and everybody goes, oh, there you go. You got injured. I spent 10 years beat up, never getting injured, doing stuff that I never thought I could do. And what CrossFit actually taught me, and this, and this is what I tell a lot of people, and this is what the post was about that you, that you commented, was that it challenged me to challenge myself. And that's the biggest thing. Everybody, I even have people at the fire station go, well, what do you do? What do you do? How do you do this? What do you do that? And I'm like, well, first of all, Work off of percentages because percentages, it's, it's numbers. You're not going to lie. You don't, if you go how you feel, you'll think you're doing good, but you'll notice by percentages, those feel good days are a lot heavier than, than they're supposed to be. And you get used to that. And if you work off percentages, you're always making that 1% best every day. You're always getting better. And that's what CrossFit taught me. And it made a mental difference in everything I did because it told me that. It doesn't matter whether you finished a workout. It doesn't matter where you came in last. It doesn't matter where you came in first. You gave it all you had and you felt good afterwards. Now take mm-hmm. that out of the gym and put that in your lifestyle. It changes the outlook on everything. But if you make it, like you said, a task where people don't understand like, oh, I'm just going to go to the gym, do some arm curls, you know, some bicep stuff, and then I'm not getting any results. But you're really not challenging yourself. It's like, what are you doing? I'm walking on a treadmill. You've been walking since you were four. I'm sorry, <laughs> but by now it's not working. You should know that. Say, Since we've been walking since we were four, it's not working. Don't get me wrong. Walking's great before everybody starts texting you and <laughs> you know, giving you all the bad reviews. And you say, no, don't walk. What I'm saying is if you're actually looking to get results, walking may not be the best thing for you because you've been doing it for so long. Right. Maybe you should walk and maybe run to the next house and then walk again and then run to the next house and then walk again. You got to do something to get your heart rate up that, and not kill yourself the first couple of times, especially coming out of the gate in January. Because if you do that, you're never going to stop. Start slow, like you said, right. do little things, but at least challenge yourself. And it doesn't have to be a four-hour workout. Like you said, no. No. walk and run for 10 minutes and that's it. And I see how far you went. And guess what? The next time you do it, do the same 10 minutes and try and go further. Now you made it a challenge, you made it a competition, you made it a game, and every time you win, those endorphins get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you want to see, well, how far can I go if I keep running instead of walking? And you, this is where the results come. Don't worry about the scale and everything else in the beginning. Just get out oh, there. Oh, yeah. 
No, and I and honestly, I never weigh myself because, I mean, I you know, I it's like a muscle weighs more, and I just know how I feel. I know what I need to do. I'm kind of in my in my zone and what what I need. But yeah, it's it's um they all go out a little too hard. You see it every single year at the gym. Not that I'm at the gym anymore, but you would see it every year. It's crowded. It's crowded. Everyone's going. I'm here for it. I'm great, but everyone falls off by like February, maybe even sooner. I don't know. You know, and it's. It's, it's hard for me as a, you know, I feel a lot of people's feelings and I feel a lot of energy. I'm one of those people that absorbs a lot. Um, so when I'm with people that I know need to do it, it's difficult for me because I know that it would just add so much value and, and just change their life. And I want everyone to change their life. That's kind of, you know, what my podcast is about. I want people to, you know, find their purpose, find what they're passionate about and go and live their life. And not wait till they're ready because I mean we all know this. If you wait till you're ready, you're never gonna you're never gonna do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's kind of one of those things where I want people to just like rise up, like let's all start living, quit waiting for the right moment, live now. And I really believe part of that is gifting yourself exercise and gifting yourself that time to challenge yourself. And then you might see things a whole lot clearer than when you're just sitting on the couch eating whatever you want. You know, all of that just adds into laziness, fogginess you know, nothing's clear. And, and honestly, anger, like you were saying, like you needed to work off your stress, anxiety, anger. I always say the world would just be a happier place if everybody would just do some squats and maybe like, you know, (laughs) it sounds so silly, but I am like instantly a happier person. If I go for a run or do some wall balls or do some squats. And my husband knows that like when we first had the twins and I was cleared to exercise after my C-section, he was like, I think you just need to go for a run. And I, and I did, I went for a run, I came back and it was instantly just like Zen, you know? And so I just can't stress it enough for everybody. Um, so you said you've been exercising since you were 14. Um, so that's been a long time, you know, I, that's kind of when I got started too. I, well, I, I, I mean, I always did sports, but I got cut from the basketball team in the ninth grade and I was like, oh man, I just can't sit here and do nothing. So I started swimming. I tried out for the swim- old in a nice way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you do not look your age. So you're doing you're doing a very good job. And with all those things that you're doing, you know, firefighting, helping people with, you know, mental health and just it's amazing. It's all it's all full circle. So how do you feel like you landed on this like this is your passion and purpose? Like, you know, how do you feel like you landed on that? Uh basically injuries. Mm-hmm. I, I learned how to rebuild myself without having tremendous amount of surgeries and taking medications and pills. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that's the staple as you get older. It's like, you know, everybody goes, oh, look, grandpa fell, broke his hip. No, his hip probably broke, then he fell. He didn't fall and break his hip. It's, you know, it, it, as you get mm-hmm. older, people understand the the less you move, the more fragile you're going to be. And people don't get that. And I mm-hmm. learned that early on that I could still move and still do things that people didn't think I could do because I was injured. I was like, okay, I'm still going to do it. You know, as a freestyle skier, blew out a knee. Next, you know, next year I was skiing again with a knee brace on, still doing freestyle skiing, same way I was doing before, then broke an arm. And next, you know, I was skiing with a knee brace and an arm in a cast. It was, you know, it never stopped for me. And I always says, there's no way anything's going to stop me as long as I keep exercising and moving. And I built that reputation that way. And I started studying more and more, like, how can I integrate this in other people's lives? So I started going down the path of, uh, of uh, physical therapy, but I didn't want to go to school for it because I was, I was too too old by then and too lazy to be honest mm-hmm. so, yep. let's, let's find a way to integrate physical therapy with 
with uh, weight training because physical therapy is awesome. All right, let's get it. We all need physical therapy when you hurt yourself. But what physical therapy actually does, it actually gives you a range of motion. All right. What they do is they build that range of motion. You do not build the strength. You are not as strong as you were before. So when they say you're 100% recovered, you are not 100% recovered. You have 100% of the range of motion you will get after that injury. All right. People don't get that. So what they do is they go to physical therapy. They say, oh, you're recovered. You're good to go. And they go right back out and hurt themselves again because they never strengthened the injury after physical therapy. Right. So what I did is I connected myself to physical therapists and I currently work with the uh, Holy uh, the Holy Cross Orthopedic Group as one of their strength coach. And I work at the same time as a physical therapist works with the patient. I work them at the same time as working them out. So I strengthen that member or, or that limb at the same time as they get the full range of motion because they'll more range of motion you get, the weaker you get. So you got to build the strength. And most people don't get that. So that when they come out of physical therapy, they feel stronger and you can do everything else and get back to life. And I started doing that continuously. And I started doing that in fire service and I started doing it with a lot of stuff. And now I'm like the go-to guy. If you get injured, like I want to get back fast, how do I do it? And they all come to see me. Unfortunately, the only thing I have is I'm also that coach that you don't want because it's the one that doesn't care if it hurts. Just do it. I don't, you know, it's just... You're, if you, have you ever read Tim Grover's book, Winning? No, but maybe I do. I think my husband might have it. Yeah. You got to read that. I, I thought it was my autobiography. It was basically, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't care how much it hurts, just do it. Now, don't right. get me wrong. I will not push you to an injury hurt, or if it hurts that injury, I won't do it. But if you tell me it hurts when you raise your arm, I'm going to go, okay, we'll raise your arm. He goes, well, it hurts. Well, when do you think it's going to stop hurting? By not raising your arm? Just keep yeah. raising your arm and then slowly the hurt will, will go away. Then you add a little bit of weight. Oh, now it hurts when I add weight. Like, yeah, okay, let's keep moving it. And it slowly builds up and builds up and builds up. And next, you know, the injury is fixed. But most people just stop. It hurts, so I'm not going to move it. Well, what's going to happen when you go reach for something? And you have to move it. Right. Now you hurt, re-injure it. Now you're back to physical therapy. You're back to another surgery. You're back to another medication. And it's just this terrible cycle. And people just don't get it. Just get out of that cycle. Just right. learn to move. If you can learn to move, you'll be awesome. Trust me. Oh, that's, I know that's me a hundred percent. Like I was definitely having some ankle, um, issues, you know, just from running a lot on the treadmill and pushing myself. And, um, I never stopped moving. I have a bike. I have other things I can do. I got to re-strengthen it. I got to give it some time. I've got some, you know, things in my thirties now that I'm going to have to deal with. Um, but I'm never going to stop moving because I, no one would want to be around me. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I mean that like in the best way, like I, you know, it's, it's cool when you get to an age where you know what it is that makes you, you like, uh, you wouldn't want to be around me. Um, so yeah, that's awesome that that's how you landed on it. And I think it's great that you're helping to take care of, you know, your fellow firefighters that, that, you know, they all have to be in, you know, act, I actually started CrossFitting with, um, a group of firefighters around our area. That's kind of how I got into it. They were like, they're all going to get their CrossFit. Like, you know, do you want to go get your, uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I eventually did. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And so it's really cool. They all really push themselves to stay in shape. And um, I love that. It's great. It's awesome. That's the best part about that's the, that's the best part about the difference between uh, CrossFit and, and regular gym is, is the community. And we don't like to socialize, but CrossFit is a massive socialized thing until it comes time to work out. Then everyone's yeah. socializing. Then it's, then it's nobody, everybody hates each other and everybody just screams and whines and complains until it's over. And then we socialize again. As yeah. when you go to the gym, everybody socializes. They never, they never scream and complain because they're working out. They're more or less screaming or complaining because they can't get on the treadmill or they have to get off because they've only been on there for an hour and a half. Right. I know. Yeah. There's just, I always just say, you know, everyone just needs to be a little bit more intentional. And I just think this is like the same thing, you know, like you said about how you learned 
all of this stuff about, you know, CrossFit taught you so much about life. And it's the same thing that I think about, you know, finding your purpose and clearing your vision and going after the life you want. It's the same thing. Just get intentional with your life. I don't want to be on autopilot. I mean, yeah, we all get into our routines. Like I have my own kind of routines around here with the kids. But, you know, as far as like, I have a vision for what I want in my life and I'm going to start taking actionable steps towards it. I'm not just going to sit here and and, and wish it would happen. I want to do the things that stretch me. I want to do the things that challenge me because I know that that's going to lead to the greater result versus doing the things that just make me comfortable and, you know, just sitting around. Um, and that's what I really want to try to get our listeners to understand is that there's, and I, and I think too, the same as with exercise and how it makes you happier is the same when you're living out your purpose and you know that in your heart, you know, you're fulfilled. Those are the people that I feel like you see on a daily basis that are just more content, more happy, um, versus the ones that are just doing all the things they don't want to be doing, exactly. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like a simple formula, but I think it is hard for people to get out of what they're used to. I mean, we're all like, you know, we all form our habits and it is kind of sometimes hard to switch those. Um, but what do you think? Do you think we could like, you could like give me some tips that you think could help some people get out of that, those habits they're in and, you know, rise up into their best self? One of the best ones that CrossFit always said is be comfortable being uncomfortable. It, mm -hmm. If you're uncomfortable, it means you're actually making progress. And, yep. and a, but one of the big things, if you're going to get a, a coach or you're going to go to CrossFit gym or you're going to get a personal trainer, my big thing I tell everybody is be coachable. Don't go in there, even if you were a, an ex football, you know, D1 football player thinking you're, you were the best of the best of the best. You didn't make it to the big leagues, but you're at the top of the line. Don't walk into somewhere thinking that you know it all. If you can be coachable, then you will learn something. If you learn something, you'll get better at something. And that's the biggest thing. Don't ever walk in somewhere saying, okay, I know, I, I know what I'm doing. Well, if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't be here in the first place. Let's be honest. You know, it's kind of like the walking thing. You know, I actually like to walk. No, we've been walking forever. It's just, you don't know nothing. Just forget it. I will tell you what to do. Just do. Be coachable and just do. I won't tell you to run around like, you know, most of them won't tell you, to, it won't kill you. Some wills. And those are the ones you have to watch out for. And, you know, then you fire them and find another one. But most of us who know what we're doing, we're, we're going to basically, we know what we want to see out of you the first time because we're going to test what we see. And when we test what we see, we're going to work on what we see is deficient. It's not what you see. It's what we see. And that's the goal. We have a goal set for you. And as long as we keep telling you what steps to take towards that goal and you just be coachable and do those small steps, you will get results. But if you fight all the way consistently with pull and nag, you're just not going to get the results. So basically, number one is base, be coachable. Number two, start slow. Listen, don't go around. Don't go. Don't go to your corner store right now and buy everything tofu and everything, you know, all high protein stuff that you've never eaten before. It ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? I know it. Even a per even a person listening that's going to go buy it, you know it. You're not going to eat that because I, you know, I tried it. It don't work. <laughs> if I can't do it, and you know, I have a mentality of I will do no matter what to get the best results. If I can't do it, you're not going to do it. Start slow. Start by removing something. Just say remove your sodas or remove sugar or or let's not have bread for the first month and just do that and eat normally and work and think about working on moving first. All right. So your everybody says diet is 80%, exercise is 20. Not in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Diet is easy because you can sit at home and do it. Right. The moving part of getting in shape and physically and actively picking yourself up off the couch, getting in your car, in the snow, going to the, the gym and doing the work 
is the hardest part of the whole thing. Until that becomes regulatory and, and it becomes a habit forming, which usually takes anywhere between four to six weeks, I would not care about your diet, what you have. I need to make sure that you're going to continuously move. And when you continuously move, you're going to start thinking, hey, I'm doing all this work, not seeing anything. Well, maybe we should start changing your diet. Okay. Now you want to do something. I am not forcing you to do something. That is what the big second, the third I'm a loss of where I am, but the third biggest key. So those are my three big things. And if you right. can do those, I guarantee any program you start, you'll continue it. Yep. Yeah. I remember hearing the one thing, um, it was about the guy that wanted to create a habit. So he would get up and go to the gym, only stay five minutes, leave. And then he would do that continuously. Like he told himself he was leaving after five minutes because he wanted to create the habit to get up, get in the car, drive to the gym go to the gym, drive home. He wanted to get in that before he, you know, everybody does it way too hard. You know, they're either getting up way too early when it's not like a convenient time. And that's hard to maintain right off the bat at first. But it's just, you know, just starting small and just start creating those habits. And yeah, and like, I'm just so huge on just like reframing that mindset. Like instead of thinking of like, this is a punishment, think about like this being like your greatest gift to yourself. Like you never know what you might find out about yourself on that treadmill or, you know, doing those squats or, you know, just being in that zone. Like, I mean, I put in music a good bit because I, you know, that charges me and I love my music, all different kinds, but I'm always thinking, you know, I'm always, my husband's always like, how many thoughts do you have on going on over there? I'm like, somewhere around 8,000 and it's going real quick. <laughs> it's always one going on in my head. Um, but, you know, I just really want people to reframe their mindset around it and um, and gift themselves that chance to live a better life in all aspects and find their purpose and do all that that makes them feel alive. Right. So what is it that you love to do other than exercise and all the things that you're passionate about in work? Like, what is it that you like to do that makes you feel like super alive? You're living your life. Like, what is it? I just work. Just work. Well, I know. I'm a worker bee too. Just just yeah. building just building stuff and helping people is what, yeah. what, what gets me excited because it's just me the too. I'm not I'm not one of those people to go I know where I work for the fire station, but I work on a hazardous materials team. I I work for I do the stuff that nobody wants to do. I go to the you know, the dirty bombs, the the gas leaks, the stuff that'll kill you as soon as it blows up, you know. That's my excitement. That's my I'm one of those thrill junkies. But since I'm broken every bone in my body, thrill junkie <laughs> is really isn't the top of my list right now. So I changed that into actually building businesses and trying to do stuff that I never thought I would be able to do, but I get informed about it. In other words, like the whole cannabis psychedelic industry that, that I got involved, I've been in it for like three years and I wanted to try and build this uh, recovery for my daughter, my daughter's name, because things needed to change. I'll be honest, you continue, especially now with COVID and everyone being locked down and more and more mental health coming up, everybody's looking at, at medications and medications are basically just chemicals are, are masking and use, and treating symptoms. They're not curing anything. And what they're fi- we're finding out right now is that stuff like psychedelic actually have a better opportunity at curing mental health instead of just treating symptoms. So I dove into that with doctors and everything else. And I tried to figure out how can I build something that would incorporate the mind, the body and soul all in one. In other words, incorporate your nutrition, your fitness and your mental health all in one and build a facility entailed around that and not use medications, but use plant-based medicine. And that's what I'm actually working I've connected with about three or four different universities that will be working with us. A couple of large hospitals will be working with us. So we're pretty excited about that. So 
I'll be honest, I have had every door shut in my face for the last year saying you're absolutely crazy. It'll never work. It'll never happen. But again, like CrossFit taught me and fitness taught, taught me, taught me failure is not an option. There's just a different way of doing it. It, it, there's no such thing as failure. Just find a different route. If I can't lift something, there's got to be a different way I can lift it. If I can't do a pull, if I can't do a hundred pull-ups, maybe I should start at one. I can do one a (laughs) hundred times. Can I? Well, that's a hundred pull-ups. It's exactly the same thing. It just sounds like a harder thing when you say, go do a hundred pull-ups. You ever tell a client to do a hundred pull-ups? They look at you and think you got three heads. I said, why don't you start with one and then do another one and then do another one. And next, you know, you'll end up at a hundred. Right. There's ways to get anything you want done if you're actually passionate about it. And that's, that's what I'm doing. And that's my, my passion right now. And that's where we're going. I love it. I think it's a great concept and I'm here for it. My husband and I are very um, natural forward um, in our family. He was actually a chiropractor at one time. Now he's in real estate. So, um, so we're a very, um, you know, natural forward family. And, you know, I always think like, you know, with, with the medications and stuff like, I mean, we can't all be thinking these are like a one size fits all sort of thing. I mean, there's so much that you need to look at, like as far as the chemical imbalance and things. And I'm not an expert on this. I'm just saying from my point of view, it just seems like it's just way too many things are being tossed around. And I think from my standpoint, we all just need to, you know, move our bodies, um, you know, eat healthy, you know, as much as best as you can. Like I'm never a huge diet person because I am a very much, um, not like in my head, but like if I tell myself I can't have something, then that's probably all I'm going to want. So if I just exercise and I know, and I keep a balance, like I'm doing pretty well for myself. And, you know, because I also think things aren't sustainable like that. Like you can't like, you know, eventually you're going to get back to living and then you're going to get upset with yourself because you fell off. And then, you know, that would be, that would be hard for me. So I try to teach people just like you said, just to start getting moving and just, you know, see how things start shifting and changing. But I think, you know, with all that you're doing and, you know, and then encourage people, people to exercise a little bit, their lives will come full circle. It's not always the medication that's going to save you. Oh, no, not and, and you know. the, worst, the worst part of medication. It ends up you have to take a different one to counteract that one. And, and it just starts a snowball effect. And if you actually do the research, you understand that, you know, nutrition and exercise actually does a lot more than the medications. You'll be able to get off the medications. I have a guy in my gym right now. He has a gout and he has to take medication. He's all pissed off. And he goes, well, you can do that or you can go on a diet. And he doesn't want to go on a diet. And I'm like, well, here's a problem because you waited till now never to try a diet. So now you have no choice. So you're upset about it. If you would just start eating normally when you throughout your whole life, there wouldn't be no big changes. And that's the biggest thing that most people wait. They wait till the last minute and then blame everybody else. Oh, I can't believe they're making me go on a diet because I have to lose weight because my blood pressure is high. Well, why did you gain so much weight in the first place? I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be honest. That's what I ask people. You should have never gained the weight. Well, what do you want me to do? Well, you should have started exercising before now it's being forced upon you, and now you're going to fight every inch of the way. So will you see results? No. Just understand that movement, exercise, nutrition, it all works in tandem. There no, doesn't have to be no strict diet. The worst thing right now you're going to see is on every Facebook, Instagram, there's going to be so many diet professionals that just came out that got their first certifications. Everybody's got five-minute abs, six-minute butts, uh, you know, <laughs> five minutes to, to your life. It's all BS. It's all BS. Just start moving slowly. If you really want to learn about your nutrition, you can download a free app with a scanner, scan the food, watch what you're eating. And when you watch what you're actually eating, you'll know, well, that don't look good. Well, change it. It just takes just a little bit of effort instead of trying to think that that little, that pill that you're going to take, that you're arguing about your doctor, that's going to fix you. 
It's right. just common sense. Like I said, just a little bit of mindfulness, a little bit intentional about your life <laughs> and all of it can change for you. All of it can change. It's like, and, and I, you know, just 1% was, a day. That's all you just do. 1% just 1% a day. Change one thing to make tomorrow better. And you'll see by the end of the month, there'll be a whole bunch of changes you weren't expecting of doing. And then you'll be in a new habit before you know it. And you're like, oh, wow, this isn't as bad as I made it out to be. And I do that with little things too. Like I make, you know, things that are hard for me, like whatever, if it's coming down here and just recording a podcast episode by myself, sometimes that's a little bit more difficult for me than just talking to someone. It's a little bit weird to be in a room just talking to yourself sometimes. So like, sometimes I like put that off and then I'm like, that wasn't even that bad. Why were you, know, were you doing that to yourself? So it's like, just get out of that headspace and just kind of go with it and just gift yourself the opportunity of exercise and living your life and, and beautiful things will happen. You know? Yeah. This is just such a great conversation. I, I could probably talk about exercise all day long. I'm just one of those people. I'm like, does anybody want to exercise? Like we go on family vacations. I'm like, does anybody want to go out for a run or do some burpees? (laughs) Me and my wife, it's funny because when we pick our vacations, we have to have a place that actually has a a fitness room. Yeah. I love that. Give me the most beautiful place, but there has to be a place where we can go and we work out every morning while we're on vacation. Mm -hmm. It's nothing wild and crazy, but we wake up, go work out, go have breakfast and we go to the beach or the pool. It, it just, right. It's just something that gets our day started that we, like you said, it gets all the endorphins going. Everybody goes, that runner's high where nobody wants. Listen, I'm not a runner. Trust me. For anybody listening, I do not run. Unless this <laughs> is in the competition, I'm forced to run. It does not run. All right. I'm one right. of those, like those, those icebreaker ships. I break the ice. I do not flow through water gracefully. Trust me. <laughs> no. I love it. I, I enjoy running actually, but that's, I think for me, I think it's because it's the closest thing I can get to that swimming feel like where my my whole body is like engaged and I feel like I'm like moving forward. You know, I enjoy biking too. I'm not as great on the bike, but there is something about that runner's high. Like I can finish a run and I am like everybody knows Lindsay's just going to be so happy. That's that's where yeah. all the thoughts happen. That's where all your thinking happens where your mind's clear and everything else and nobody ever gets an opportunity to get to that because they're like me, lazy and don't want to run. <laughs> I'm basically just broken, so I can't run. But right. I, like I said, if I had to, and somebody would put it, you know, said, okay, we're, we're competing and run, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give it a whirl. Won't be happy tomorrow, <laughs> but I'll give it a whirl. But yeah, if you can just find, everybody has a different level of that high. That's what mm-hmm. don't your high is a lot farther than my high on that run. And the mm-hmm. person that's below me, their high is a lot less. They just got to understand where the high is. And every once in a while, they keep getting to it and they'll understand exactly what we're talking about. But you got, like mm-hmm. you said, you got to give a chance to try it. Yeah. My husband and I like to exercise on our vacations too. Maybe me a little bit more than him, but he goes along with me and he knows, you know, I'm like, do you bring your workout clothes? Um, but anyways, what would you say is your um, favorite exercise to do? Like, is it a strength move? Squats. What is it? Squats and burpees. Squats and burpees. Oh, I love squats and burpees. One of my favorite um, CrossFit things would be like where you have a barbell and you're doing some squats and then you're doing over the bar burpees. Like I was here for that. I was like, yeah, this is my jam. Like a 21, 15, nine, you know, get it in. The two reasons those are the two best exercises I, I think and everybody should understand that they should actually do them is one squats. It builds your it builds your hips and your legs. And listen, that's the foundation of your body. If you're looking to get old, the last thing you want to do is not be able to get off the toilet seat yourself and have somebody else sure. carry air. So squats would be number one on your <laughs> list to that not to happen. All right. So that's what you want to do. And that keeps your legs healthy. Everybody's knees go. Everybody, if, if I wasn't continuously squatting, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing as a fireman with needing two knee replacements. Trust me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right? so those are benefit. Burpees, 
just for the fact that it works the whole body and it gets your heart rate up fast to where you don't have to do that 400 mile run to get that endorphin going. So you could actually do it. And the best workout I have ever done was actually the burpee challenge. We used to do it every January is where you would start with eight burpees a day and add eight each time until the end of the end of the year. And it, you came out to end up doing like 5,000 burpees throughout the, the month. But I mean, when you started wow. getting up there, you started really, you started having those conversations. And the reason why I say you started having those conversations with yourself that taught you how to control your breathing in your body continuously without dying. And you were able to consistently find out by the end of that month that a burpee is not a tough thing if you learned how to pace and control it. And right. It was a great learning experience mentally and physically for everybody who did it. Oh gosh, I love burpees. Um, mainly because of that as well. And you know, one of my first workouts I ever did in my basement, because people, I always say to people like, yes, I have all this equipment now, but I didn't always have all this equipment. I would just go down to the basement when I had our son, Parker, one of the first CrossFit workouts I saw was like seven minutes of burpees or like as many rounds as possible in seven minutes of burpees. I was like, I can do that, whatever. Yeah, that's actually really hard. And that was, and I, but I was like, I love this. I really love this. And so I would actually like continuously test myself on that. I haven't done it in a while, but like I'll tell people sometimes, you know, like I just went down to the basement and did 150 burpees. They're like, well, how long did that take you? I'm like, like, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes or less, like not that long. And I just pace myself and I'm just enjoying it. I got my music on and I'm just, you know, it just teaches you so much. Like you said about pacing yourself, which is probably why I love it because in swimming, you know, we had to really... (laughs) learn how to, you know, breathe and control our breathing and things like that. And that's just so pivotal in life too, just to control and pace yourself, take a deep breath when you need to. And yeah, I mean, it's amazing how much everything just correlates itself, you know, from just, you know, the movement of your body and just, you know, being one with that, you know? Yeah. The whole body thing, mentally and physically. Yeah. It was just such a great conversation with you. And I, you know, like I said, I could talk about it forever, but I don't want to keep you. I know you're a busy guy, but can you please let our listeners know on where they can find you and anything that you want to drop to them so that they can find you and connect and all of that? Sure. They can follow me. I have my website, all my links are on my website called gooddudesgrow.com. I'm also on Facebook, Good Dudes Grow, and Instagram, Good Dudes Grow. So, and that's also the name of my podcast called Good Dudes Grow. Basically, on the podcast, if you're interested in learning about psychedelics, cannabis, or fitness, or mental toughness, and stuff like that, we talk to everybody from professional athletes who used it to get off uh, their opiate addiction to what they're doing now, to professional entrepreneurs, to actually the physicians who explain why they see that plant-based medicine is the new wave that's coming in and everybody should actually look into it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gary. I appreciate your time. And um, thank you for all you brought to my listeners. It was a pleasure. It was awesome. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for supporting my show. I want to connect with you. I want to get to know you. Linked in the description is a link to my Facebook group or go to Facebook and search Wing It Rise Up. I want to build a community of people that want to rise up into their best selves and go after the life that they want. I would love to meet you and help you out on your journey. See you there. Thank you for tuning in to the Wing It and Rise Up podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Bring it and rise up podcast.